Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this week we are doing Zion of the World. Zion of the World. It seems fitting for 2020, honestly. Like, it's been a year. Yeah, like it's July now. And I'm, do you remember how Is long it? March was? March was like three years long. And then I thought April. it was still March. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I wish it was because then it's be birthday month. Birthday. Oh, I love birthday month. That's our best month. That's Anyways. Right. Anyways. So this week we each picked books that are, you know, the world is ending. So I'm just going to. I kind of cheated though. Mine's not really a book, but we'll get to it. Oh, okay. That's fine. We'll see. We'll see what that I'm is. I'm sorry. I bent the rules. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump right in. So I read Year One by Nora Roberts, which I think is like one of her first like non-romancy books. I just remember when I was reading reviews when the second book came out, a lot of people were like, she's a romance novelist. She should have stuck with it. But I thought she did really good. And this was actually a reread for me because so I got the second book when it came out and then I was like, oh, I want to reread the first and I never got around to it. And now the third book is out. Mm, it was time and, for a reread. Yeah. So I reread it. So this book starts out. So, okay, I'm just going to jump in. I was trying to figure out where I wanted to stop telling you guys about it, but I'm going to jump right in. So it starts out with the prologue and it's like New Year's Eve or maybe the eve of New Year's Eve and you're in like, I think you're in Ireland or something. and like it's got to be New Year's Eve and you're here with this family and I can't remember their name and it's not overly important because uh you'll find out anyways uh so they're there and they do this every year every year they bring the two family or it's like two or three families together there's these brothers and their whole families are twins they come together with like an older brother and they all come together and they spend from like Christmas or right after Christmas to New Year's together every year um, and so, and they've been doing this for like forever and always. And so one of the twins lives in America and then the other twin lives like in England or something. And I can't remember exactly where the third brother cousin guy lives, but it's in a totally different country. So they are, um, so they're there, it's New Year's Eve, they're going to have a big party, um, and the brothers and the, like, cousin, basically the men folk, are going to go out hunting. Oh, that's right, because so their uh, children are also there, except the only child that isn't currently there is a daughter who is, like, nine months pregnant, or eight months pregnant, or seven. That's a good reason not to She's be like there. She's, like, seven, eight, or nine. She's third trimester, and so her doctor told her she can't fly. No flying, yeah. So she's stuck at home in New York, so they go out they're gonna go like pheasant hunting or whatever um to get a whole bunch of pheasants for this new year's eve party that they're gonna throw and so they go out and they're just doing their thing and they shoot one and they kill it you know that's what happens when you shoot it if you are good at your shot which you're still hoping you don't just wound it and right. and then so they start talking about how like the blood flows into the dirt and then crows start circling and you're like i love oh. that Something nefarious is going on, assuming I use that word correctly. Um, yes. Yes, go me. <laughs> Broadening my... Proud. Did you get a word of the day calendar? <laughs> no, but I really probably should. Maybe I'll get one next year. Let's do it. This year was just a fat cat one. <laughs> a couple skinny cats thrown in, but mostly floofs. Anyway, a good word. Um, so they, yeah, so this happens, and they're like, all right. But they don't really, like, 
notice that anything's wrong. Like they're like, oh, weird, stupid crows, go away from our pheasant, you damn birds. Get Meh. out. And then so they bring them back, and they have you know their uh, they have their party, and they count down, and everything's grand. And then there's a knock at the door, and they're like, the first footer, which is like for people who don't know, because I didn't know, um, it's like the first person who like shows up is supposed to bring good luck and stuff. So they're supposed to like bring a gift and it's luck and all these things. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I think I like heard it in like one of the movies or TV show or something. And I was was like, I don't really get it. Um, But it sounds really fun, except for the fact that you have to be up past midnight and then traveling to somebody else's home. Where if I'm up past midnight on New Year's Eve, I'm schmammered. So, meh. True. Anyways. And so one of the brothers goes and like, opens the door and there's nobody there and he likes to kind of steps out and looks around there's nobody there and he comes back in so unbeknownst to him he is technically the first footer but he had something to do with this blood going in dirt and crow circling so like bad news bears and then like five minutes because they think that it's going to be like one of these like the neighbor boys who's like 16 17 and so like five ten minutes later he shows up they're like oh the first footer because they just assumed it was like the wind I'm like, okay, whatever. So they stay up to like four in the morning, just being adults, drinking. And by adults, I mean, they're like in their fifties, like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, right. cause like their children are grown adults with their own babies. Got it. That's true. Yeah. And so then the next morning, one of the brothers, he like wakes up and he's like, oh my Lord, I'm super hungover. This is terrible. Or he thinks he's super hungover. Sounds bad. And so he tries to sleep in and he finally like, and they're like leaving the next day, which first off don't try to like plan to fly home new year's day if you're gonna have like a 4 a.m banger yeah like no give yourself a couple days to recover we're too old for this stuff even i know that i won't Uh, do that even yeah and so uh yeah so he finally gets some food down he's like okay like i'm gonna i think he like he's like i'm gonna take a nap i'll feel better and he goes and he takes a little walk out in the snow and he's like okay you know i might be feeling a little better so they get to the airport they say goodbye to the families and he flies off to new york and the other brother flies back to england but unbeknownst to them it's not a hangover he's like sick like oh bad sick and so he um on the flight over he gets like he's super sweaty he has violent diarrhea on the plane like everything is just bad and so they infect the flight attendant who goes on to like fly to japan or something and they infect the uh person who like takes your passport and the baggage claim people and the person in the taxi and the doorman like so he's just like infecting all of these people jesus and then the other brother flies back to england and basically has his own line of who all he infects who all go off to their own next 10 groups of people right and so you're just you just see this like blowing and you pick something so relevant i know i read this book like I think I read this for the first time, 2018. Nora Roberts, Nora Roberts, blah, was basically telling us about the future. So she knows all. Hold your butts and buckle in. Never, never not listen to Nora Roberts. I will trust her for the rest of my life. So uh, he gets home and he's like, I still don't freaking feel good. Like, and he like takes an antacid or something. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna go sleep. Like, I do not feel good. And his wife's like, okay, yeah, you do that. He's, she's like, I'll make some chicken noodle soup because she has like the bone bits of the pheasant or whatever with her to like make a good broth soup. And so she's like, okay, I'll do that. And because she's like, she's also hasn't been feeling great this whole time, but she didn't tell him because she's yeah. like, well, he's clearly 
miserable. I don't, and she's like, and I just kind of have a headache. She's like, you know, I'm probably just dehydrated from flying. So she like makes the soup. That's fair. Calls the daughter because the daughter is the one who's like seven months pregnant. And it's like, right. hey, we got home. Uh, your dad doesn't feel great. Like, she's like, I don't really feel super great either, but I think it's just like jet lag. I'm gonna make some soup. We're gonna go to bed. Uh, we'll call you tomorrow. She's like, don't come over. She's like, I don't like, we don't know if we're contagious and we don't want to get you sick because you're preggers. True. Yeah. And she's like, okay. She was like, please call me in the morning. Like, that's fine. Like, feel better. And so then the mom's like, okay. Like, she's the mom slash wife, I guess. She's like, and eh, maybe we'll actually have soup up in bed because, like, she's like, I really don't feel good. But she's still like, mm. whatever. It's fine. I just, you get sick on flights. It's cool. I always get sick after I fly. Yeah, it's it's actually super common, right? I mean, we're rebreathing everybody's air. Blah. And so she's like doing this and then she hears a thump upstairs. And so she sprints upstairs to her husband and he's fallen out of bed and is like clearly not good. I can't remember. I think he might be seizing or something. So she freaks out. She calls 911 and the two paramedics that show up are Jonah and Patty. And so Patty maybe it was Jonah, one of them smells the soup and turns off the burner. Thinkers they are. Um, but Jonah has this gift curse. He thinks of it more as a curse than a gift, uh, but he can see death. So like he can look Uh-oh. at you and he's like, so he like looks at the husband and he's like, you yeah, know, he's not going to make it. And so he like, when he first realized this, he thought it was like kind of like a game. Cause he can also sometimes like brush by somebody on the street and be like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's going to like, crash his skateboard and break his left arm and it's like super random he can't control it uh but at this point he's like it's a freaking curse he's like you just see death i mean of course he like still like does everything he can he's trying to like fight the fate that he can see because that's why he's a paramedic and everything but so he does that and he comes and he brings her in or they bring him to the hospital and he tells the charge nurse and it's like yeah uh this is what happened to him um but also like checking on the wife because she doesn't look good either because he's like i can also see the death in her oh and so the husband ends up being patient zero for what Uh-oh. ultimately gets called the doom <sighs> and welcome to the story oh my god this was such a lead in. i'm pumped oh right yeah this is both prologue like oh my god that's amazing so okay so oh gosh i almost just spilled my wine so don't do that it's important that'd be bad we'd have to stop so um this basically continues on like it's a super high infection rate super high death rate nobody recovers once they get it and like it's yeah i think the infection rate at one point so then so we kind of start jumping there ends up being three main groups of people and you can obviously with books like this you know for a fact that they're all gonna merge up together which i will tell you they do but i'm not going to tell you how or when but they do Good. all end up because i'm interested merging together to do stuff you know fight crime wahoo anyways perfectly vague yes so there is so jonah is like part of group number one um we never hear from you know patient zero's family basically that eyes um but so actually uh they end up calling in the um the daughter who was seven months pregnant and they're like hi your dad's dying come to the hospital well she shows up with her husband freaked the fuck out and she's having twins which is also half the other reason she's supposed jesus to yeah um and so Lord. yeah so the husband di- or the dad dies and then the wife gets sick and then so she's like going to see and they're like okay like yeah you can but you need to wear this gown you need to wear this mask like whatever and she's like that's fine i just want to see my mom um, right. and so she does that and then the mom dies and then the mom is like 
super like strung out on like a fever and like pain meds and stuff and so when she sees um the daughter's husband so her son-in-law she thinks it's the her brother she thinks it's the mm. mom's son sorry it gets a little confusing when i'm talking yeah i get you um and she was like oh my god i love you and he's like i love you too mom da, 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 da. and then later katie so katie is the pregnant mom of two twins okay um she's like oh my gosh she thought you were ben or whatever the fuck the brother's name is he's like no i know she's like she loved you too he's like no i he's like i know that she cared about me but like it definitely seemed because at this point they're like uh, they know she's gonna die like she's on death's door um, not looking good yeah and he's like this it was more important that she thought that she was saying goodbye and that she loved her son like she's like he's like that's way more important than me hearing from her like it's fine right um Fair. and then within like 24 hours i think it is he dies in the exact same room because like i mean they're getting like crazy patients because this shit is spreading right and so the next group is um so you kind of pause on them for a little bit and i'm gonna try to follow the book not follow chronological because so many people's stories stack on one another i feel you okay so the next kind of group is this couple named max and lana 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 I always read it as Lana, so I'm gonna stick with oh, Lana. A N A. Yeah, probably Lana. Lana, Lana sounds pretty. Lana. Probably. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. So, Lana. Um, and so they are uh, both a witch and a warlock, or I guess he's a witch. He oh. Calls it, he calls himself a witch. So like Lana, like dabbles. Like she's not super great at the craft. Uh, she has to try really, 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 really hard to light a candle, and even then, she does it like a third of the time. Oh, sad yeah she's not super not super great not super gifted um max is more gifted like he can like candles um i don't know he can probably do some other stuff but he's like super in to the whole thing and he takes it real seriously and like the first like rule is like thou shalt not harm and he like trusts that in like his like the core of his being and everything and so it's good their story is on new year's eve as well new year's nighttime morning um and then, so Lana's a chef, and they, like, share a really nice bottle of wine, and they have sex. And then Ooh. afterwards, she, like, feels something in her. She's like, there's, like, a quickening. And she's, like, he's, she's like. pregnant. Yeah, that's exactly what it ends up being. Um, that's it. But, so, he's, like, okay, like, try to light this candle. And she's, like, why don't I? And it lights. And she's, like, what? That's, and it's New Year's Day at this point. It's, like, 2 a.m. New Year's Day. And mm. she's, like, that's weird. Like, I've never been able to do it so quickly because it's like she's like holding in her hand and he's like okay try that one and she's like this has to be like a weird fluke like but then it lights and so she lights all these ones and he's like oh my gosh we're gonna go get chinese from downstairs and another bottle of wine to celebrate something and she's like okay i'll meet you down she's like let me just blow out all these candles and then so he leaves and she's like huh i wonder if i can like put him out with magic and she does but then she's like well i'm not gonna tell him because he's gonna want to practice and i don't want to practice if you know what i mean and you're like, cool. Like, well, obviously. Priorities. Got it. Yeah. And you're like, she's obviously totes Pragers at this point because Nora Roberts talks about like a quickening or a something in her. And you're like, obviously, it's That's a, what a, quickening a, means. It's a little baby. Yeah. Is that really what quickening means? So, like, before they had ultrasounds, they used to decide if a pregnancy was viable, if there has been a quickening or not, which means you can feel a move. Oh. Well. She could apparently feel the little sperm say, hey, egg. She knew it. Let's fertilize. Her magic knew it. Yeah. Um, 
more so it's the bebe is magic because they are both magic and now it's the magic Ooh, inside of, of the bebe like coming out of her baby. yes so makes sense um yeah so that happens and it's like new year's day so they don't really know about the doom yet you know right. and so then it kind of jumps forward like a little bit like a month-ish maybe two at this point doesn't yeah. matter a ton um but like the doom is here um a lot of people are dead a lot of people are sick a lot of people now have magical different powers weird i'd like be down but that's weird kind of become a thing and so the next group which is this third group that i was talking about that you enter into her name is arliss reed and she is a news anchor for some new york air news channel thingamabob doesn't really matter uh so there's her uh there is fred who is the intern who mm. keeps showing up even though she's an unpaid intern and she can like she gets food and like uh that she managed to get coffee and so arliss is like arliss brews or so she brews her one cup of coffee at work and then she takes a baggie of grounds only for one more cup at home in case <laughs> you can't make it to work that next day so that she's like you only take your own little portion uh she also on the way to work oh. she wears running clothes and then brings a change of clothes because she's like at this point she's like you definitely you never know when you might need to start running so don't wear your heels and you're like oh shit because it's been a couple so months. she doesn't run to work she just brings them so she's wearing her running clothes in case she needs to run away from a bad person that seems crazy but okay so at this point like they're set they're on what are they on they're on like the fifth or sixth session of president because they keep dying government has basically collapsed because everyone is dying i think at this point she's oh. they're reporting like 50 percent of the world's population could you imagine still having to work? Well, so she, like, you know, she's, like, a news anchor. It's, like, integrity. This is an important job, you have yeah. to, like, tell the people about what's happening in the world. Yeah, she has integrity. Ugh, gross. Oh, integrity. Most people are not still working. Most people have said, fuck that shit to fuck hell. That. I'm um, gonna die. Let's yeah. Not. And so, when I was talking about, like, the people having power, so there's people are witches. There are mm -hmm. fairies. Oh my gosh. There are, um, oh shoot, well, there's another one that's ship, uh, shift, shane, shift, shape, shifters. Oh, that. That's um, like a whole new category. Yeah, basically, like all like the magics of type of people that there could be, they're there now. That and of course, it. how, because people are still people, there's light and dark. Because, like, if you were, basically, Ooh. what it comes down to is if you were an always an asshole. And now you have magic powers, you're still, you're still asshole. be an asshole yeah, without like, magic powers. Yeah. So there's still darkness. Well, and fairies are mean. Oh no, these are all nice fairies. Are they? Well, they they never talk. Normally mean. <laughs> I thought they were just like tricky and conniving. And yeah, that was only if you wanted to ask a favor. Kind I of thought. mean. No, oh. I feel like it's all the time, but I guess oh. it kind of depends on the story. No. Oh. The only fairies that we interact with are nice fairies. Although, yes. at one point, there is a really dark flying thing that nobody knows what it is. It could have been a mean fairy. Is there a sequel? Yes. You don't find oh, okay. out what the dark flying mean thing is, though. At least so. not yet. I'm only like a couple, I'm only like 100 pages into the sequel. Anyways, so Arliss, Fred, um, they have like the station manager guy. He does, his name doesn't matter. They have like the light camera person. Her name doesn't matter. And then, um, cause, and so basically Arliss started as like, she was like 
super i think she was like the second rung up of Mm. like news anchor person but everyone had died or left because that was the other thing is that people once people like i mean and this is i honestly think this would happen in real life people start to try to flee to like the country or whatever right because it's like go uphill oh yeah high ground yeah that works Um, so most people have either died or left and so at this point like she's the only one left and she's reporting every day she's still doing it and she's gonna she's like i'm gonna continue reporting until we lose power she's like eventually we're gonna lose power and then she has this source his name is chuck she only ever like talks to him over email she doesn't know like where he gets his information but he's the one who like so like on the day that you pick up her story um he was like yep nope we're on this person number it's like what is it the um agricultural speaker person mm-hmm. speaker for the agricultural department you can tell i know uh, a lot about our uh, probably a real name for that i'm actually i'm pretty department close of farming Agri- no it's department of agriculture but the speak maybe speaker of department of it's the head honcho of the department of agriculture that is who the new president is at this point i think this person is like He's like the thirtieth in line. Jesus. I think it's like ten or twelve removed or something to become That's this insane. one. Um, but they're not reporting that yet. Like the White House is like, no, he's fine. Like I mean, obviously, like I think like day. I think they said like day two or three. The president died. The VP died. Like all like the top like five died within days of each other. Within days. Oh of shit! Coming, and then it was a little slower for some of the other, these other ones. But she's made mm-hmm. it. And so they're Yay. like not they're not reporting that. They're not like they, the White House hasn't said that it's her yet. But Chuck's like, no, it definitely is. And Chuck's like, also, like their numbers are bullshit. It's like closer to 70%, maybe 80. Did you know if you stopped testing though, there wouldn't be as many? I don't even think they were Sorry. testing then. How do they know that 80% Sorry, of people I, are I, dead I, if they don't have a test? Lies. If you don't test for people being dead, there are no dead people. I mean, can they tell you that they're dead? It won't matter because you didn't test for it. So it's fine. Anyways, <laughs> uh, you can tell where we lie. Um, <laughs> so it's like 70 or 80% of people are dead, not 50. And then the like CDC and the oh, who many, you know? and the NIH Shit. are all like, oh my gosh, we're like days away, weeks away from a vaccine. And Chuck's like, no. Lies. They have no fucking vaccine. They're nowhere near. And then Chuck is also like, because he's the informant, um. people already forgot um he's like also they're rounding up immunes and she's like what do you mean immunes like what Mm, and he's uh like and he's like well you're still alive yeah it's been like two months he's like you're likely immune so like basically they're rounding up anyone who's still alive to do testing and then they're also rounding up people who have powers who ultimately get called the uncanny is Mm. what they like people decide to call them so there's the dark uncanny which are obviously the bad people and then just the uncanny are the good people um, bad, was, got it. yeah and he was like she's like okay she's like i don't know when like i'm gonna go on air with this he's like he's like find a way she's like i'll give you like a it's like i'll find like something that tells you that i'm gonna do it because he's like once you do he's like i have to destroy everything like mm-hmm. i have to do this because they're gonna come find me and she's like yeah. okay i'll figure it out and he's like and when you do he's like you got to come to manhattan at like this address or whatever and she's like okay i'll figure it out and she's like over in new york so you have to cross a bridge or some shit and gotcha. so, but, but she's like she's like i don't know when she's like it'll probably be like a couple days like when we think we're gonna lose power that i'll like i'm gonna go forward with it and so she gets on oh because i also try to always find like a fun story to like tell people like Light-hearted. yeah like a naked woman 
has is running around shooting rainbows out of her butt or something in Central Park. exactly something weird and fun that you're like i don't know if that's real because at this point arliss doesn't know that there are like necessarily actually like she doesn't believe that there are uncanny and there's like witches and fairies because she hasn't seen any so with people her still don't believe that that's real yeah because it's been like two months and she hasn't and like so many people have died that she just hasn't seen any of it like her worldview has been so small because she's either in her apartment Got she's it. on her walk to work or at work so she just hasn't experienced any of it she's like i'm not saying that she's there. so she's more of like not saying that it doesn't Skeptical, exist though. yeah she's just like oh, okay that's funny sure crazies sure sure um and so uh she's like yeah so like it's the same day that chuck gives her this information so she goes mm -hmm. on and they have like some fun story that they're gonna tell and everything's grand and then the guy who used to sit in the chair who used to be the host of this news channel whatever comes in and he's kind of gone crazy because that's the other thing so like a lot of people just like snap because like 50 percent a lot to take in 50 percent of the world is dead like meh. That's yeah. a huge, yeah. A, lo a lot of people would panic. So he Ask comes in you know. and God. he's like, oh my gosh, like you only have this because of man. He's like a nasty being all mean and shit. And, but she's standing her ground. Ooh. She's being, she was like, oh my God, I was just like, we were just waiting for you to come back. She was like, I just, I learned everything from you. Like she's super calm. Everything's great. Nice work. And then he pulls out a gun and he points it at her. And she's like, no, you want the chair? Like take cool. it. And then he turns the gun off himself and he shoots himself. Oh, Lord. And so she's, like, covered in his, like, brain blood. And, but she's like, no, keep rolling. Brain blood. And so, I guess brain matter and blood, whatever. Uh, Ew. And so she's like, no, keep rolling. And so she's like, she's like, okay, everybody, hi. Yeah, this is going to be our last one. And she tells everybody. She was like, the CDC, the WHO, the NIH, like, no one is close to a vaccine. It's closer to 70%. Uh, she's like, I have a good source that says that president, whoever it was, died. And now it's this person who was the agriculture department plant lady person. Uh, they're telling us lies, da, 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 da. And she was like, bye. And, like, signs off. <gasps> and she like she like stuck something in there to tell chuck like hi we're gonna come at this time and so then she like turns to everybody like i mean there's like not very many people left in the station and she's like I'm really she's like i'm really sorry like i had to tell the truth and they're like no it's fine they're like go she's like he taught she's like chuck told me how to like delete all of like our data and everything and they're like you leave like you need to go because at this point like so she's probably like mid-20s i think and then um fred is like she's like 19 maybe i think she's 21 so they're young and then the station manager guy and like the lights and camera gal are like older like they're probably in their like 50s and they're like like you go like we'll get out when we get out we have a plan but like you're young leave oh. and so they go and they flee and they like okay we have to get to brooklyn and the only way to do that, they're like, the best way to do that, I guess, is to, like, go through this tunnel, which is a whole terrifying account of them getting through this tunnel and all these evil people. But that's when she finds out Fred is a fairy. And that's when Arliss realizes. Oh, no. And she's like, oh, shit, this stuff's real. Oh, I didn't know. But, of course, Fred is, like, super nice fairy. And she's lovely and magical. And not a mean fairy. Nice kind. Yeah, she's just, like, super light. And everyone is always, like, drawn to her and everything. So she, like, they get over so like they're working the way trying to get through the tunnel they get through the tunnel like obviously this, why would we talk about them if they don't make it through the tunnel true so they get through the tunnel and they're like waiting at the corner waiting to meet up with chuck and so then we cut over to um who is next max and lana so 
Lana hasn't left the house. They are, they're like apartment in like two months, basically. Basically, like week one of the doom, she was like kind of going out, and then she stopped. And so Max has been going out, and he's been like getting the things that they need. And like at this point, she doesn't actually know she's braggers yet, either. Oh, uh, she just she just knows her power is here. And Max is like, well, people are like changing out. People are like changing out there, so like that's probably why you have these powers. Yeah, like that maybe the doom brought though. it. Um. But then people around this two months are getting, like, they're pissed. So they think that the Uncanny brought the Doom. So people are hunting the Uncanny and trying to, like, kill them and oh. rape them and, like, torture them and all this stuff. And those are just the bad people. Those aren't even the, the dark Uncanny. Those are just, just the bad assholes people. who are always assholes, who are always going to be assholes. And so he's like, okay, we need to leave. He's like, we, we have to go, like. We, we can't stay here anymore. It's not safe. Everything's like scavenged. And also his brother, um, Max's brother, Eric, is it like, he was out at college in Pennsylvania, I think. Um, and he's like, I, I want to get out there. We need like, I need to go find him. I can't hear anything. And she's like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay. He's like, pack up. He's like, pack us each one bag. I'm going to go get a car. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And he's like a writer. And so she's like, I'm going to bring one of your books. And he's like, don't bring my books. It's dumb. But of course, she still brings one of his books because she was like, sentimental shit is important, which I am for. I will bring a book. Everyone can fuck right off. I don't know when the next time I'm going to find a library is. And I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'd bring you like three. Maybe three smalls. Two big, three small. Yeah, little. Yeah. Trade them out regularly. So that way I always find people to trade with. Exactly. So that way more people are reading. Find me a little library. Drop them off. Win, 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 win. So... Uh, they take off and he's like, he's like, you just need to listen to me and we're just going to go straight to this car and it's going to be fine. And like, don't. And, sh- and that's when she's like, oh my God, people are terrible. Meh. And he's like, yeah, dumb bitch. Of course people Correct. are terrible. <laughs> so, and so they also have to get over the bridge into Brooklyn. And so they end up running into raiders, which I think at this point they're not called raiders yet. But they're just like douchebags on motorcycles and they always have like a woman and the woman has to have like her left cheek sliced to like prove that she's like one of them and belongs to the men folk and it's disgusting oh my god yeah but they just want to like steal your shit and kill you for fun because you know why not world's gonna shit who can stop them yeah um and so they're like having to go over the they're gonna go over this bridge but they don't realize that the bridge is up and so he's like max is like we gotta use our powers and lower the bridge and so they do and i was like i don't think we can and he's like believe in yourselves do it so they do it and then he's like lift the bridge and she's like well that was easier (laughs) so they also make it to brooklyn um but then the next people that we jump to so we go back to jonah so jonah's a medic and he um is also so there's a doctor at the hospital named rachel who he's been in love with for a bajillion years and never acted on it and so he since he sees death everywhere like this has been like extra fucking torture for him and he's yeah. decided he's gonna kill himself oh my but he god he wants to go say goodbye to rachel like he just wants to go see her one last time just like a little meh and so he goes and he finds her and she was like hey like give me your blood and he's like why she was like because we're immune and she's like i'm gonna send it off to my friend at the cdc assuming she's still alive she's like i think she died i haven't heard from her in a while but either way super important i'm gonna do it anyway and like because rachel's smart shit she was like we're definitely immune she's like sounds like it she's like i have been around one bajillion patients you've been around a bajillion patients she's like also i'm pretty sure you brought me patient zero it was man guy ireland man guy 
and he's like what right. she's like and she's like yeah i'm super smart I'm pretty sure it's patient zero and you're like damn rachel you are smart oh smart so. i love her already <laughs> Well, you guys have the same name, so. I was going to say, not just because she has a cool name, but, you know. <laughs> she doesn't spell it correctly, but that's fine. Whatever, I can forgive her. Yeah. So, um, he, oh, yeah, so he's like, okay, so he's going to do it. And then he's like, so he's like walking back out to his ambulance. Because at this point, his um, partner, Patty, his paramedic partner, not like his life partner. I got Patty, you. Um, like, weeks before, a month before or something. I think, like, week four or five decided that she wanted to like flee with her grandchildren or some shit and i mean but, i probably would flee if i had grandchildren too yeah but of course since he can see death he was like they all had death they were all gonna die man you're like fuck jonah god could you be more of a downer yeah and so he's like walking out because he's like where should i shoot myself should i do it in my apartment should i just do it in the ambulance right here i'll just do it in the ambulance and get it out of the way and then but as he's walking out there, this car comes like racing up, and this woman gets out, and she's like, I'm in labor! And it's Katie! The one with the twins! Who's the yeah. daughter of patient zero! Patient zero, right! And she's like, oh my god! Meh! Help! And he was like, yeah, I guess I could just kill myself later, I mean... After I deliver a baby, I can do yeah. it later. Yeah, he's like, meh. meh. No rush. Okay, cool. And that's literally his thought. So he does it. Like, in the book, he says that shit. Well, in his brain. So he like takes her in or he's at least he's like i can get her to like the obgyn area uh nikki whatever and so he goes and he gets her in and he gets her set up and he goes and he like finds the like the one ob doctor left who is also already giving is like in the middle of helping a woman give birth and he's like i'm all that's left and i'm busy could you fuck off and he's jonah's like okay i guess i'll give the baby that's fine um no big deal i have super basic medical training but i guess i could deliver a baby well he's a paramedic and that is actually training so he does actually have oh, the training it? for it so that's good um I guess that makes sense but that happens a lot as like an emergency yeah well, I, think what happen- lot, I think what happens more is that they show up and then it's like the baby's there and they're like oh shucks all right let's go to the hospital like uh, there's not much like actual because like you don't want to drive with somebody who's like giving birth so yeah so like if they're not crowning you drive them to a hospital because it's safer but anyways anyways um so yeah so he's like gives birth to the twins and he's like oh shit katie doesn't have the death in her the twins don't have the death in her huh that's kind of cool and then rachel comes in and he's like oh my god rachel hi i love her but i'm not gonna tell you yet Um, um and he's like this is katie we just made these babies yay we um, made these babies yeah, yeah. He, he helped bring them into the world they were already made um and so and he's like we need to leave because at this point he was like or i think maybe rachel is like we need to like we all need to go we need to leave now or jonah wants to leave either way basically he's like hey he wants to go. jonah's like i see life in these people i don't see death i don't want to kill myself anymore and so he's like i have a plan he's like we're gonna take patty's boat Betty's dead now and we're going to take it across a Manhattan or wherever the fuck he's going to go. And Rachel's like, well, she literally just had twins. Like, can we hold off 20 hours? And he was Give like, her a sec. and he's like, fine, tomorrow morning. And Rachel's like, it, I'm going to check out her and the babies. And if they're fine, we're going to go. Go, like, get snacks and shit. And he's like, okay. So he goes to, like, get the boat ready and all these things. And then it turns out that the woman who was having la- died in labor, the other woman who was having a baby, uh, and then the doctors 
disappear. I don't know. We never hear about that NICU doctor guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're like, well, obviously we have to take third baby. And so third third baby gets named Hannah. And then she names her babies um, Antonia and it doesn't matter. I can't remember the boy baby name, but so Katie is basically. Ah, that'd be so confusing. Uh, and so she's basically like, yeah, I have these three babies now. This is great. And so they get on the boat and they make it over to wherever. Um, and at this point, I think we're probably like a third of the way through the book. Oh, man. Things so much are, happens. Yeah. And things are starting to like, groups are starting to find groups and find people that they want. And I don't want to give away some of the bigger things that happen. So I think I'm, yeah, I'm pretty intrigued. I think I'm going to stop here. I think there was only, or was the other, oh, um, at the end, well, I shouldn't say, it's not, like, at the end of the book, but later in the book, the only other part that, like, kind of becomes, like, sort of important, I guess, is that, oh, I guess I should say, um, Arliss and Fred do meet up with Chuck. That happens. You okay. can expect that to happen. Chuck has a Humvee, so that's Ooh, cool. Go Chuck. Yeah, and so that's how they're able to, like, continue their journey and, like, do stuff um but then it ends up being i think it was like i think it's like 70 or 80 percent of the people die from do- from the doom i think it's maybe 70 percent of people die from the doom but then they're estimating that like another at least 10 percent die from either killing themselves or from being like murdered from just like shit people that so sucks basically like 80 percent of the population's gone in like the first couple months and then it's like how many are gonna die because like the elements so either way that wow. was what a wild one. book for yeah, a romance so novelist seriously so yeah year one by nora roberts it's book one of chronicles of the one so Ooh. uh definitely give it five stars I, like i loved it when i read it the first time loved it when i read it the second time uh, when i even reading it the second time like i had kind of forgotten the ending and i still was like what that happens again oh my gosh Mah! So no way. Yeah. And I did like I said, I've started the second one now and I'm like a hundred-ish pages in, maybe. Also mm. loving it. Super good. So impressive. Good yeah. for her though, for like branching out and trying a new genre yeah. entirely, because that's hard to do. Yeah. And she like writes characters really, really well. And she's really good at like describing like locations and stuff. Like you feel like you're there. Mm. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I need this to be made into a movie because it's already a movie in my head. You know? Just good at like the imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely give it five circling crows out of five circling crows. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I've actually ever read a Nora Roberts book. I don't uh-huh. really do romance. I don't know that I've read any of her romance novels, to be honest. I just don't do romance, honestly. And, when, and I know when I bought this one the first time, I didn't even realize it was her until I got the book in the mail and it was like I opened mm-hmm. it and it was the back and it was like, her face oh, and I was like, oh. "Hi, Nora. How are you, friend?" Like, I just read the description. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it got recommended to me on Amazon, and I said, yes, please, I'll take you. I got you. I got you. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yep. All right. Nice. Also, I listened to part of it on Audible because I was worried that I wasn't going to finish it in time, and the audio narration is also good. So check it out. Okay, great. Cool. So you read it and then listened to, like, a small portion of it. I listened to like a little bit of the middle part because I was worried that I wasn't going to have enough time. You were working or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and so I did that, and then I stayed up super late finishing it one night. So, 
yeah, that sounds interesting. I probably read that book, honestly. So that's exciting. <laughs> nice. Good pick. Good pick. Um, well, so like I said earlier, I broke the rules a little bit. Technically, this is not a book. What? I know. I went on a road trip and I couldn't really convince my brother to listen to an audiobook with me. Because could you imagine you get in a car with somebody and they're like, do you want to listen to an audiobook? No. He's got not the right it. book. That's the thing, and he's kind of picky, and like, uh, all right, I don't know. Anyways, I had a couple picked out, but I also knew that there's this. So this is just like, it's a podcast technically. So I'm going to talk about a podcast on a podcast, <laughs> but it's an audio drama. At the end of it, they call it uh, an audio theater for the mind. So, so it's basically like having a book read to you. So it it's counts. basically like an audio book. Yeah, but it's extremely long. There are like four seasons, they call them seasons, but they're like 12 episodes each. So there is like 30 hours of content. Oh, wow. Like there is a shit ton of content. And so I'm going to talk about what would basically be book one. Okay. So like season one, book one. Season one, what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, I have listened to all of this before. So I too did a reread basically. (laughs) So I used to listen to this one and what kills me. So it's a zombie book. So I used to listen to this like while I would drive the little minivan for my retirement people <laughs> to church. So I would like I worked in a retirement community and I drove people to church on Sundays. And so what I would listen to while I was in the church parking lot is this zombie. When <laughs> 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 you have it on really loud, all you hear is like zombies screeching <laughs> and like guns firing. Oh, I can so only good. imagine what like the church moms thought of me. <laughs> um, so I yeah I made my brother listen to this on our road trip we went from Washington to Montana and back. It was mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. I think we did like over 1500 miles. Like it was nuts wow. because we kind of went like diagonal down across Montana again to go mm-hmm. through Yellowstone. And then we went through the wide part of o- or Idaho the second time. So oh yeah. Like, not the teeny little skinny spot. Not the skinny spot. No, no. The wide spot, the widest spot. <laughs> it took like seven and a half freaking hours. Ugh. So, so the one I'm going to be talking about <laughs> Basically, book one of this written for audio book uh, is We're Alive by Casey Whalen. Oh, I have that on my list of like subscribe I've podcasts that I don't listen before. to. Yeah, I think you and like four of my coworkers have talked about this one. I love that because I've introduced a lot of people to this podcast, but I don't know if any of them follow through. Um, but it was amazing. Like, I could totally imagine this being a book. I will say up front that, like, some of the voice acting in the first season is not great. There's this girl who's supposed to have a French accent, but she like can't pick where her accent's supposed to be. Oh. And so my brother and I made fun of her for the first like, three episodes because I was like, oh, she's British now. <laughs> like, <laughs> but she figured it out after like episode three. So it's okay. Like you gotta okay. settle into it, you know? All right. Like all it's right. just obviously not not her voice. Um, but uh basically this is the end of the world. Um so we kind of kick off where we have this soldier. So like half of the main cast, they're soldiers who have like served in Afghanistan or are in officer school or whatever, to some degree, their army, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense. I mean, it's, it's an apocalypse scenario. Like the army is going to be pretty well equipped or at least have some sort of idea, right? Like if they, if they don't die off, like in my book, yeah. 
Correct. I mean, pretty much all of them do, except these three people. So I don't have a lot of confidence now. <laughs> That's right. I know these three people now and I, they're not that amazing, but it's yeah. fine. Um, so it basically kicks off where Michael, who starting college, like kind of late. So he's like, I think he says he's 27. Um, so he's starting college a little late because he did like two or three tours in Afghanistan. So he's a sergeant. Mm-hmm. so this sergeant like at the very beginning of this podcast like this sergeant is kind of a dick like this girl was just like hey there's a party tonight are you gonna come and he was just like no and she was like well did you want to like maybe hang out or something he's like no and she was like oh okay that was kind of rude and he's like what do you want me to say sure maybe later and then not like he does make like a that good point can, i guess but i mean he's very direct which i appreciate and it's very helpful in a zombie scenario but like as a human being it's not so much yeah although as a former soldier i'm sure that that's like i don't know he's got his own baggage you know mm-hmm. like they talk about it throughout the story which is something i also really appreciate is like they are dealing with soldiers and they do talk a lot about like their ptsd and like their other experiences oh, that we had. yeah so like i think that's really interesting like they're kind of closed off at first like you would be you know but then yeah. like they open up and all that kind of stuff so michael is at college and he gets a call from his officer i can't remember his official title it's not commander because i know that that person is higher up major yeah, maybe it's a major. So it's this so it's this kid whose name is Angel. He's like he describes him as like a rich kid who just got out of officer school and has absolutely zero field experience but thinks he's better than everybody else because he's technically an officer in higher ranking you know yeah which i I have your respect already i think it's like a real thing if you like if you get a college degree and then go in the military i think you go in an officer level higher yeah exactly so he's an officer so we're gonna just call him officer i don't know what the official exact title is He's an officer and he's the highest ranking of this, this little survivor crew. So Michael gets a call from Angel and Angel's like, hey, I need you to come in right away. And he was like, yeah, for sure. Like what's going on? And Angel's like, I'm not really sure. Like, have you seen what's going on in the news? It looks like there are some riots happening and they're just, they think they're going to need some reinforcements. And we were told to come to base. He's like, sure, no problem. I'm on my way. So they're on their way. And while Michael is on his way, he sees some shit on the highway that is like, what is going on? Those don't look like rioters. Like he's just not sure exactly what he sees. Cause he's too far ahead. Right. Like he's pretty sure he saw like people attack a car and he's like, like, these rioters, like rear view mirror. yeah, he's like, these oh, okay. rioters are out of control. Like, I don't know exactly what's happening right now. Um, so he gets to base and nobody is there other than angel. And he's like, Hey angel, what's up? Like, where's the commander commander called us in and angels like, I still don't know. He's like, it just seems like out of control riders. Like we'll just wait for the commander and we'll get our gear and then we'll go do our normal thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause angel's pretty like lax and cocky cause he's never been in battle. And, um, so Saul, the third, the third soldier shows up and he was like, Oh my God, you guys, did you see that? These are freaking zombies. And they're like, okay you need to calm is down Saul like an old man no no Saul is like the youngest of the group so oh. he's like a soldier but he's also a field medic so he's done a lot of like bandaging people mm. and ivs and like i definitely pictured him as like the old salty like career military man because the same Saul. i could totally see it but you definitely get one of those later and I okay Phew. good don't worry there's one <laughs> okay i'm excited 
Um, I really just love this podcast. And like, I wrote down like notes for this, like we normally do. Cause like, I don't want to forget a major plot point, but as yeah. I was, as I was writing it, I was like, I've listened to this podcast like three times now. <laughs> I'm not going to forget anything. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. Like once you get into it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I worry about my memory recall. Oh, this same here. Old is like, <laughs> probably. I don't like it though. Probably. So Saul shows up and he's like, oh my God, you guys, did you see what just happened on the highway? What the hell are we doing? where's the commander we need to get going we need to open that gun safe and they're like whoa calm down everything's fine we're gonna wait a little bit and Saul was like no Michael I was only like 10 minutes behind you but I was only three cars behind where that thing that you saw that you couldn't quite see happened so he saw it he saw it he said that there was like someone who just like attacked the car broke the window like ripped the person out and started like eating them ah and he like was, it. and Michael, Michael's a very logical person, right? He's like, no way. That's not what happened. Like reacting because it was like crazy. Yeah. Basically he was just like, there's a local like psychiatric unit. He's like, maybe someone got out. Like, maybe that's what we're dealing with right now. Like maybe there was a huge outbreak and all of these like crazy people are out there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and I don't remember exactly how this happens but basically like they go to look outside or something and they see like more of them and they're like "Mm, okay something's not normal and then one of them is like i'm pretty sure i just saw one that looked like the commander oh no and they're like okay maybe we shouldn't wait for the commander (laughs) i don't even see his truck like um and then one of them was like no no it's like at the edge of the property so like they keep the truck didn't even make it to the property quite and they're like that's suspicious that his truck would be close but he's not here and we saw one of those thingies it's not quite normal that looks like him i'm suspicious now so like they finally start kind of being like okay like what's our plan like it's just us what do we do and uh the commander is the only one with a key to get into the armed thing well that's and so they're like well fuck so we're gonna do it and the alarm is gonna go off and they're like wait a minute the people before attacked the guy who was honking his horn they must be attracted to noise i'm like oh my god you've seen a zombie movie once Great that's job. that's a pretty stereotypical zombie thing <laughs> that's like one of the that's like one of the things about this is like they discovered these like things about zombies and i'm just like you should just know this yeah it, it should be like oh these are the noise coming zombies cool like i feel like if we actually have well, one, a lot we're of things be like, that, like are these yeah, gonna go be ahead. are they the brain eating zombies no oh thank goodness okay are they the, the fast zombies. zombies or are they the slow walking dead zombies this is important which one right like that's how it's gonna be us with like a chart where we're just like okay here are the list of types of zombies we've seen in movies what have you seen yeah and then somebody's gonna come in and they're gonna be like this book do you read this book and we're gonna be like no we read a lot of books right. but not that book are those the zombies exactly i have my highlighter let's study up exactly so they start kind of figuring out that there's definitely something weird going on they're definitely not getting any backup they're like no one's responding on any of the radios let's just do it like if the alarm is going to go off but it's going to be fine whatever we're inside um so they like open up the gun safe the alarm goes off but they are able to get like enough equipment and then a few like mres for food because they're like well we're gonna have to get out of here probably like we don't want to have to get back into the safe so they grab some stuff and as the alarm is going off they're like oh my god more are coming i'm like yeah no shit is that what you just said 
Right. And um, so like one of them had gone to like peek out before and then had like rushed back in because they saw some of them and then like panicked and left the keys in the door. Yeah. And so they're over here like debating on like whether like what they should do, like what these things they kind of are hesitant and don't like calling them zombies. So it's not really the term that they use in the show. I think we'd be slow to call them zombies in real life too though. I think we would too because it has a certain connotation. So like mm-hmm. he doesn't like really want to call them that. He just he just refers to them as like those things and like what's out there, like that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And he's just like well, I don't think they're very smart. And then one of them was like, well, why don't you think that? Um, so Michael asks this because Michael has the most experience, although he's not technically the highest ranking officer. So he's like, I at least know what I'm talking about. I'm like, I have some training and I have enough experience to kind of digest what's going on and make some assumptions that are probably correct, <laughs> which is good because the rest <laughs> of them don't. And he was just there. The other ones are like, well, why don't you think it's smart? And he was like, because we left the keys in the door. They couldn't figure out how to open the door, even though the keys were in the door. Okay, yes, yeah, so they don't have, like, And they're the... like, okay, so they don't have a dexterity, and they don't have, like, the problem solving, or at least the memory recall from their real life. That to know, like, key doors. open door. Right. So they figure out a few things while they're kind of here at this army base. The alarm stops going off, I think, after, like, five or ten minutes. Um, but they're pretty overrun, right? Mm-hmm. So they make this plan, basically, to just, like, book it for the army Humvee because it's big it's gonna have a lot of gas in it because they usually i think the army i think they said that every single time they came back to base they filled them because like you never know what's gonna come up yeah so it's gonna be full so they decide to basically book it for the humvee and like you know per usual they run for the humvee and like one of them tries to get them and they don't get them and they make it to the humvee so they all make it to the humvee (laughs) (laughs) you retold that so well it's like i was there so well (laughs) you know your classic zombie movie um one of them like trip and fall i'm pretty sure one did that's so stereotypical i love it i was just like classic classic but they all make it though narrowly but they all make it. well there's only three i hope they would all make it seriously so they're like okay well what should we do like where should we go like what's our plan and one of them angel was like well my girlfriend has an apartment complex and he's like describing what her building is like like there's only one front door and one back door so they could easily cordon off the lobby area and then there's only one elevator so it would be pretty easy to kind of make a safe space right Mm -hmm. like it's brick like it's pretty sturdy you can't just burn it down because it's brick like so they're kind of like talking through like what are our options what's available and at this point one because angel's girlfriend is there although the other army guys don't really give a shit about other people's like personal things yeah. you know their army do they do they have personal people pretty much no michael's not michael's not really attached to his parents he doesn't really talk about them i'm pretty sure it's like season two when he finally talks about them I mean, they're basically just not close by but they don't have like wife girlfriend people that they're like this is this immediate person well I would Saul keeps talking about wanting to go get his girl but that's just they're just kind of ignoring like that's just a girl he knew in high school right? like, his Isn't that girl, what it sounds like like i need to go get my girl and they're like no we're not no. going to get your girl because it's all the lowest ranking that's true yeah so it's a hard pass so angel like with his like information about like what his girlfriend's apartment complex looks like they're like okay cool like we're gonna head that way then like it seems like at least a good like starting spot um and along the way they figured they would like hit some like main roads and attempt to see like what the situation was like and if there are any survivors that they could pick up so they're on their way to the apartment complex and they see these like two women like waving their arms and jumping and screaming at the top of like um 
like just like a building like a little like two-story building Mm -hmm. and they pull up and they get the girls in the car like there are a couple zombies but it's not too bad um it looks like the city was hit pretty hard but like the zombies kind of ran out huh they probably were following the people i mean if they're gonna eat yeah yeah if these are like the zombies who want to eat people and that's what they're driven by they do that right like they would follow where the people are yeah yeah so um so they get the girls in the car i'm pretty sure they shoot like a couple of zombies along the way like it's not that bad as far as i recall there was no big hubbub mm-hmm. um Hubbub. and so they get the girls in the car <laughs> i know right uh i've used it like twice this week what's up with me i love I it I'm i love it. it i want to add it back to my repertoire yeah i'll add it for sure i'll put it on, I'll put it on your like new word of the day calendar i'll make you one for next yeah, year <laughs> that sounds way better because then it's like oh my God, i'm might super actually excited use. i should write this down yeah um so they get the girls in the car and so this uh these two girls become like pretty like regular cast members so we got pegs who is i'm pretty sure american they don't specify otherwise and she doesn't have an accent and that seems to be how they decide to specify if you're american or not in this show yeah, um, it would make sense so if it's set it, it makes sense so like it's like la oh that's right like in that area yeah it's like not quite la specifically it's like outside Mm -hmm. of but it's like a pretty big like the greater la area area. yeah basically so pegs um she owns a flower shop which is what they were on top of so she's she's a florist and then the other girl is riley the one with the terrible french accent who (laughs) needs to take like four episodes to figure it out Uh, (laughs) i do really like her though like she's a great character um so she's a professional chef, which is like, that's perfect because we're going to need to find somebody who can be creative with all this canned food we've got. Um, you know, uh, so Riley is a, is a, she's a fun character. She's also a professional uh, archer. That's really convenient. That's an extremely handy. It's a very convenient skill that she doesn't mention at all until like episode four. Well, they're not like archering anything, right? Like they're just they end up like, like going for supplies or something. And she was like, oh, perfect. By the way, I brought my bow and arrow with me. Exactly. Did I not tell you that? Oh. Exactly. Taco, so like, taco. I just love her, but Pegs is like very anti-gun. Like, I is thought she it was anti-bow. Really I don't know. She doesn't use the bow either. Um, <laughs> okay. It sounds like a lot of upper body strength, unless you're trained for, would be a challenge to do efficiently in a zombie situation. So bow is definitely, I did it like it's a one time. I tried, I tried to pull it. Well, cause like also it's like side note on knowledge that I know about bows. So you have like a 40 pound bow. That doesn't mean that it weighs 40 pounds. That means you're pulling freaking 40 pounds back and then launching a string really close to your face. And then that string right by your yeah. cheek. Oh, pass. I thought it would be very cool after the Hunger Games, and I tried a couple times, and it was a no for me. I tried even one of those, like, light bows, and it was very hard. Mm-hmm. Same. I think I want to get into axe throwing. I think it, that could be my <gasps> Can we do that next time we hang out? Can we please find an axe throwing place? I've wanted to go for a long time. There's one open in town now, so. I'll back make up. it up some weekend. Okay. Anyways, back, back to, to Riley and her, her bows. <gasps> So they Ooh. pick up the girls and they head their, they make their way to the apartment complex and they make it to the apartment complex and Michael's like, dope, sweet. This seems pretty perfect. Like there's not a ton of zombies around. It's going to be very easy to do this like one doorway lobby. Um, they get there and there are also some survivors there. So like the maintenance man, Datu. Mm. The maintenance man would survive. He's Filipino. Yeah. Maintenance. I mean, it's an important skill. You need him. Okay. Um, so Datu is there. And he talks about how, like, 
there were a ton of zombies and they kind of overtook the building and he hid or something and they didn't find him and a lot of the residents are gone um there's one resident left who lives on the very top floor his name is bill and bill owns the building but he's very suspicious of everybody he thinks everyone's obviously a zombie he won't let anybody in and he won't let anybody past him to get to the top floor which is a problem because now that they're at this apartment building they're like okay what do we need to do to survive like say worst case scenario we are here for two years Mm -hmm. we need food so like they immediately kind of start divvying up like okay what can we do that would make this place livable so like the soldiers kind of work on securing downstairs and trying to find a way to like kind of watch what's going on in the lobby um they like drill a hole in the floor so that they can at least like see if zombies get into the lobby that's smart. like what's going on down there um and there's like one stairwell so they like block that off and in the meantime they've got like riley is off like hunting all the apartments for canned food right and so Mm. she's because she's a chef so she's in charge of getting all of the food from all of the apartments and so she puts that all in one apartment and then sorts it by expiration date oh so yeah because you could even take like the perishable stuff at this point because it's like day one right we're eating cabbage so the first few days they eat they eat really well because she's like i need to cook this perishable stuff while it's good and we may as well keep up our strength while we're trying to like find more survivors and secure this place um pegs is pretty useless because she refuses to use a gun uh she was like i'm just not comfortable with it i don't believe in guns and the army guys are like excuse me um you want to make us like a floral arrangement and give it to yeah they're like okay well what's your skill she's like i was a florist they're like great dope sweet she's good with scissors or shears i guess so she's just not very helpful um day one they're all like eating food and everyone's like happy because like yes we have like security because i think michael says at the very beginning he's just like what do what do people need to feel safe um like uh security and god there's like trust or something like something like that like something to do with like your community and so that's basically what we're trying to provide security in a sense of community or something something like that yeah i don't remember exactly it'll come to me i'm sure later but he says it a couple of times but basically that's what he's doing like he's like i'm army there is no other army coming because other survivors ask him they're like well where's where's everybody else like what what's happening what's the plan and they were like we weren't ready mm-hmm. no one knew this was coming no one was prepared to have to provide for you, everyone you would be ready for zombies but we're still not we're super not yeah so he was like no we're all that's left at least of my group like there's no one else coming and so pretty quickly the survivors realized that like yeah while they are army and they might have some additional skills that's going to be helpful um they kind of delegate michael to be in charge because it's like pretty clear early on that like angel is the kind that wants respect but hasn't earned it you know, like he hasn't done anything. And like Angel gets really pissed about it too. He's just like, what has Michael done that I haven't? That like, why don't I have everybody else's respect? And Saul is just like, that's the thing is Michael doesn't have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Also like um, A, B, C, uh, E, right? J. Shall I, I continue? Whole list. Well, since you asked, here's my scroll. Right. But also, yeah, the fact that he doesn't have to ask for respect. That's, like, actually primo number one, how it's you like, get respect. It's, like, a big deal. Like, he just has the experience and, like, the way he conducts himself and makes decisions just, like, commands respect. And, like, that's – people notice that, you know? Like, and it's a confidence thing, too, I think, part of it probably, like, for Angel. Mm-hmm, so I think yeah. that's part of it. It's, like, he's feeling insecure because he wanted to be in charge, but now things are, like, not status quo. You know, like, these are, these are weird. Right. So – 
Um, they're trying to secure the place and they also want to find more survivors. Um, so one of them, I thought this was really clever, actually. They were like, well, what are we going to do about water? And they were like, go fill up all of the bathtubs in the building while the water still works. Oh, shit. That's really smart. I was like, that's amazing. I wanted to make sure I mentioned this just in case nobody else had thought of this, because I don't know if I would have, but if you're in an apartment complex, the water pumps will work for a while. So just fill the tubs. The other one that I have heard is you can get the water out of your water heater. So like, say you show up at a place and it's later on and now the water pumps aren't working. The water heater itself still has clean water. It has clean water. Because it pumped into the heater and the heater just distributes it. So you can have that if, and this, obviously, if you're getting there day one, just fill everything up and continue to do that while you can, but that's a good later on, water heater. I feel like I've learned a lot of practical skills from this. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's like, all I these random, it's all the random little things because it's just stuff I wouldn't have thought of. We're like, slowly working to the end of America because the rest of the world is paying attention, but I mean, yeah, that's why we picked end of the world, right? I thought that was, <laughs> nobody else was going to let us in. So Hi. So we're just going to have to burn here. It's fine. No big deal. I'll move to Canada, okay? We are the um, everything is fine meme. Well, everything's on fire. It's fine. That are where where Ross Geller with his margaritas. I'm fine. I'm fine. I send that emoji far too often for people to think I'm actually fine, honestly. Oh, that's so sad. Ugh. Anyways. So Pegs, because the garden only is going to take so much work and they need her to have more tasks. They basically have pigs set up like a, like make big signs, like huge signs that they display at the building that is just like, we are alive. That's what they say. I'm pretty sure. And so that way people. Makes sense because that's the title. Correct. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what they say. And that makes the most sense. We're going to go with it. I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Um, And so they have like a day where they have like a ton of survivors coming in and they only give you the names of like eight of them because they're probably like the most relevant ones mm-hmm. but basically it sounds like they almost fill up this building oh, wow. like at least at least the top uh, I think they were only staying on third floor and higher because they wanted to make sure that there was a gap in case the zombies came in so they had some space and at this point have they managed to get anything with Bill or is Bill still like fuck off this is my land so Pegs because or yeah no Pegs end up, ends up like talking to him about it and he says no and he tries to shoot at them and then I'm glad you mentioned Bill because this is around the same time. I just don't know exactly where it was chronologically. Um, so this is before they start the garden though. And actually this makes sense because I think this is about the same day that they finally get all these people. Cause they were like, Oh shit, we're going to run out of food. Oh. We have to get the garden going like now because the first attempt Bill was like, Nope, you know, pass. And he shoots a shotgun at pegs when she tries. Cause she's like, I'm the gardener. I'll talk to him. I'm like yeah. a nice lady. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Well, in the middle of the night one night, they hear a knock at their door, the bottom of the apartment door, and someone's screaming, and she's just like, let me in, let me in, let me in, and they go look down, and it's like this young girl and her boyfriend, and he's been bit. Oh, no. And they were like, I'm sorry, we can't help you, and uh, so she somehow kind of forces her way in, or one of them opens it, she pushes it through or something, and they like close the door on the boyfriend, and the zombie's taken. And so the boyfriend's gone. That is actually, sorry to interrupt, another important thing on the flowchart of zombie is, do you become a zombie because you got bit? Do you become a zombie because you died? It's you not, do all, get- not all zombie bites and In all zombie one, lands. They're still working on figuring out the specifics, but bit is on the list bit now. Is, okay. This is important. Now I know. I'm ready. Bit and scratched is on the list. Oh, I, I don't like the scratchy ones. That one's shitty. I'm like, that that's is. not fair. No. 
Let me I'm get like, stretched. Come on. I think it's the life in me. <sighs> so yeah, they end up saving her, but her boyfriend is lost. And this is around the same time that they get all the new survivors. I don't remember if she's like a day before or a day after, but around the same time. Okay. Um, so they end up with a bunch of new people all at once. And this girl is named Lizzie and she's actually a trained psychiatrist, but she didn't want to be a psychiatrist. She just went to school because her dad wanted her to, and then she hated it. <laughs> so she wasn't actually that. like an employed psychiatrist. <laughs> um, but she has no other skills. She has no other skills. Um, she does know how to do some like motor stuff because I guess that's what her boyfriend did. And like, like she was, car like, motor? I was like, yeah, like car motors. And oh, she, okay. she was just like, I was tired of him not paying attention to me and I wanted to be involved. So I learned whatever the hell it was he was doing. And so she did that. And so she does, after they get all these new people, because they come in around the same time. And then once these new people come, they're like, shit, we need more food. Um, because I think they figured out that they were, like, at the end of the month, they were gone. Like, it was done. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody could do math on it. It's not one that of, hard. Something like that, yeah. And one of the new kids, gluten intolerant, celiac disease. I'm really sorry, but um, you're going to die. You're dead. But he's like, a child. He's, like, 15 aw. or 16. So everyone is like, shit, we can't let him die. So they, like, set aside all the gluten-free food for him. And then Lizzie was like, I... I'm a psychiatrist. I'll go deal with it. And they're like, <laughs> you're a psychiatrist? Aren't you a little young? She's like, oh, paging Dr. Faber. Oh, that's me. <laughs> wow. I was like, wow, cocky too. Okay. Um, for someone who's not actually employed, yeah. like, so whatever. Yeah. Technically licensed, so it's okay. Guess, uh, so yeah. she, she convinces Bill to let them onto the roof. She was like, we don't want anything that you have you can look at me, you can look at our eyes, like, we are not zombies, I think it had something to do with their eyes, is what they were looking at for, like, dead people, it was, like, had to do with, like, their pupils or something, um, to, like, tell if they had turned or whatever, and so her degree comes in handy, it does, it, I mean, I feel like it comes in handy a couple of times, actually, because, like, when you deal with unreasonable people in the middle of the apocalypse, you need somebody who knows how to talk to unreasonable people, mm-hmm, yeah you know like it's a pretty handy skill honestly like i think it's a little underrated um so she does that and she talks to bill and bill lets onto the roof and so they set up like this whole like roof garden and everything um they have to go out and get supplies wow there's just so much to this i'm just not even partway through season this one. is I- going to be a very long episode and i am really grateful i stopped at like a third of the way for my book so i thought about kept going on my book about halfway there's just so much because there's like a lot of big things happen when like these two groups meet and it's amazing yeah. but i was like uh, i don't want to ruin it and it's gonna i'm gonna talk for forever so i feel you there's just four seasons to this so it's not like i'm gonna give anything like major away i'll do broader strokes though i'll do broader strokes okay okay, okay. so they have to go on a supply run at some point during all of this while they're setting up at the tower. And so they go on a supply run. This is their first one. On the first supply run, they were like, okay, well, we specifically want food and ammo. So they go looking. So Saul and Angel go out because Michael wants to stay because he's in charge. And so Saul and Angel go out and they actually end up going to like the local gun shop. And they're like, well, shit, this place is picked over. Like, look at how like a professional must have gotten into this gun safe. Cause like even the main gun safe for this gun shop is like blown to bits, wow. like gone open, no big deal. And they're like, well, that's crazy and weird. I don't love that. Um, and they end up uh, seeing that there's this like second, like secret like door. And so they like push it open and it was like a weird little bathroom and for like the owner or whatever to use. So yeah. that, like no, he had like a private bathroom or whatever. And there's a man on the floor. 
This is an old man. This is your old army dude. Huh. He is old a former style. Marine. Oh my God. There's no such thing as a former Marine. No, former. No such thing as a retired Marine. I take it all back. Yeah, he's a former he's technically Marine. former. He's not an active duty. Pull it in. I'm ready. Okay. And his name is Bert. Okay. Bert I works love too. Bert. Old man Bert is so just as good as old man Sal. Much. Right? Isn't it? So Bert is great. And they're like, well, shit, like he's dying. Like this isn't good. And Saul is like, no, he's still alive because Saul is a field medic. And Angel is the asshole who has no experience. Angel's like, it's not worth any of our supplies. He's basically dead. Leave him. He's sleeping and on Saul the ground. He's like, dead. Saul's like, no, no, I think, I think he needs like, like saline and like that kind of stuff. So they like mm -hmm. pump him with fluids. I think they end up finding that he has like a, it might be diabetes. He had like some files or something with him. His blood sugar was low or something like that. Baby so he just coma. basically passed out. Right. So Saul is just like, no, it's worth it because we don't know how many people are left. And if he is a human, we should keep him. Yeah. And so Angel's mad about it. And so Saul deals with deals with Bert, gets Bert back together. Um, they end up like staying the night on the roof because there are a bunch of zombies around, but they just like make a fire on the roof and the zombies aren't smart enough to climb up or anything. So I'm not smart enough should... and able enough to climb up. So I can't right. judge them. Right, exactly. I was like, if there's no ladder, I don't know if I Yeah, I was like, I'm smart either. enough to want to climb, not able not enough. To figure it out. Right, exactly. So if there's no ladder, it's not a big deal. So um they stay on the roof for the night because Bert like kind of stirs at some point finally and he like tells him who he is. But they're like, okay, well, we can't go anywhere at night anyway. There's way too of them. I don't want to navigate back to the, the apartment. Um, so they stay with Bert. And then the next morning, Bert can't really move his legs, probably because of how long he was on the bathroom floor. Like, oh, that, yeah, that's a thing. It sounded like it was more of a like weakness issue. And they're like, well, can you run? He's like, I guess I'm gonna. I'll like he has an epic out. voice. Like you're gonna have to listen to it just to hear his voice. Like he has like this epic, like old man gruff voice. Is he like the like, primo old man, former Marine, no such thing as a retired Marine, Marine voice? Cause uh. pretty, pretty much, yeah. So he was just like, okay, well here's my little private gun room. And he like opens up a wall behind something. And he was like, well, they couldn't figure out how to get in here. They were obviously professionals cause they figured out how to get into my like legit gun safe but this is a secret one like you couldn't find it is there like so, the magic or the, the music that goes ha, ha. i mean yeah basically yeah uh, that's how i that's how i pictured it oh my god i love right? it so much like i want it like it sounded pretty cool um it sounded like it was pretty stock too and bert was like yes this is my favorite gun and he's got this pistol that he always carries and he calls it really <laughs> after his wife his wife died Aww. of cancer before this all started not very long before I guess that's so, that she died before that, before being turned into a zombie. I mean, yeah, at least she didn't get turned into a zombie. Because then he'd have to, like, kill her. Right? Sad. Wouldn't that be worse? That would be worse. Oh, yeah. To have to, like, give somebody that you love, like, the mercy of, like, killing them. Killing I them. That would be horrific, and you would need so much therapy, and there are no therapists except Lizzie, who's not a real therapist. I don't trust her enough to I don't trust her either. I'll take the florist. I'll call her Blondie. I have questions. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't want that. You're right um so they end up taking Bert back with them so that is their first trip out on the second trip out because all of a sudden they're like working on the tower stuff this is just all happening in the background of them taking out supply trips um mm -hmm. they kind of do tell you like both simultaneously which I really like they're like this is what's happening in the tower and this is what these people are doing so they're calling the apartment the tower then yeah they call it the tower okay cool I don't know why I guess because it's, it's tall also, it I think it's like 13 buildings. Or I'll say it also could have been the name of the apartment complex. People do shit like that. That's you know? possible. I just know they refer to it as the tower. Like, okay. oh no, we got to get back to the tower. It also yeah. sounds like more majestic, right? Like more like it dinosaurs. Does. It's better than like that apartment building. Dragons, I guess. 
<laughs> we need to get back to the apartment complex. Like that's right. what I say when I'm drunk. Like, right, like exactly. I need to go back to the towel. Exactly. So um, on the next supply run, they were like, okay, we're running out of gasoline because they have a generator at the tower, right? And they're like, well, we're going to run out. Mm-hmm. So they start looking for gasoline. And I think Dachu was telling them about like a local station that normally has like big tankers. Mm-hmm. and so they were like oh, okay perfect like we'll go over there it's right by the prison and everyone is like oh god in the prison i bet you anything one zombie got in there and they're all dead i doubt it you know? actually i feel like, like i'm strong sh- you right i want to i like, want to fight against the, the thought and i want to say no they shut them into like one of the, the cell right they shoved them in I feel like the fact that they just like even threw that out there was just like they're not. That's true. Yeah. As soon as everybody is like, Why oh, they're there? definitely dead, right? They're definitely dead. They're obviously not. No. So they go to go get these tankers, and there's like six tankers there, and so they steal one. They hmm. take one. They're like, okay, perfect. I don't we'll think take it's one stealing tanker. at this point. That's the thing. It's technically not, but while they're taking this tanker um, and heading back, they get cut off by this convertible. And they're like, oh, sweet, more survivors. And I think Lizzie is with them or something. And Lizzie's like, hey, let's go talk to them. There are more people. And they're like, whoa. I don't trust convertible people. Not everyone's nice, you know? If you're Um, an asshole before, you're an asshole now. Exactly, exactly. And so um, they start talking to these people and it's 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 a man and a woman. And the woman has, so they call her Scarface. She's got this huge scar across her cheek that's like most of her face. Like, yeah. like they describe it as like a gnarly scar from like cheekbone to chin. Damn. Like, like a huge ass scar. And I don't think in season one, you find out what it is. I don't even remember what it is. Like I'm committed to listening through season four. Cause I can't remember. When I yeah. I was like, now. don't tell me. Cause now I won't. Cause I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, it's been a long time. It's been like three years since I listened to this. Um, and so they encounter these two people and they're like, well, that's our tanker. And keepers, it's ours. The, there the uh bert is just like mm, i don't think so and he does say finders keepers and he's yes. like also you have like five more he's like we need this one to survive like but you can have all these other ones and scarface is horrible and her her brother is who's the other person they call them scratch and latch because it rhymes i don't know why he's <laughs> latch but scratch makes sense for her because it just rhymes because uh, it rhymes exactly and so latch is like way more like no, no, we're trying to be reasonable. I totally understand. You're just trying to survive too. Maybe we can come up with an agreement. And they're like, nope, I don't love this. And they basically just end up leaving with the tanker anyway. Like they're kind of confrontational. And then like they come up with this whole like, don't pull your gun on me. No, don't pull your gun on me thing. Um, and they end up just leaving with the tanker because they're like, fuck you guys. You've got six tankers of oil. We need one to survive for a little while. Also, what are you going to do to us when we drive away with this tanker? When there are two of you and three of us and we are more heavily armed. Because Bert is an amazing shot. So he says his wife was the best shot, but he's a great shot. So like Bert, I imagine is this like stumpy old dude, right? With his pistol that's silver and embroider mm-hmm. carvings. Before the zombie shit, he had like the YouTube video where he like got shipped free guns to like show them off and tell people because that's a real thing. <laughs> he that did can unboxing. Of yeah, I've got it's it's real life. That's an actual thing that happens right now in 2020, and I bet that was Bert. I could totally see that. Um, so they have this interaction with them, right? And based on some of the things that are said in this conversation, they basically deduct that they're part of the prisoners. 
they're, they're prisoners or they were at some point. Um, so they're like, okay, so they potentially have escaped from this prison that's right here. Would that make sense? They're also trying to hoard resources. You know, like that's kind of what you'd expect. Well, and also and, like if they claim the prison as like their home base. Well, they like, haven't yeah. really claimed the prison because they're close to the prison, but they're not at the prison. They're at oh. wherever the oil tankers get filled up, but it's really close. So they do go past it. Oh, I thought it was, like, a lot closer where they could be, like, the prison is ours and this is ours. Okay. I mean, I guess technically at this point they could. Um, but uh, it, I don't remember exactly how this comes about. But basically it sounds like on their way back, they're trying to figure out, like, okay, like, where could they be staying? Like, what's going on here? And they see that there are, like, people at the strip mall. Like, a lot of, like, the strip mall looks like it's kind of armed up, and they're like, well, they're staying at the strip mall, right? It looks like they're trying to keep things out of it. Like, the everything's boarded up, you know, which is something that, like, most places didn't have time to do unless there were humans there to do so. Yeah. Um, so they're, they basically, on their way back, kind of figure out, like, okay, they're probably staying at the strip mall. So they start calling these people the maulers. And they're like, okay, if they're prisoners, they probably have other prisoners. So there's a lot of just, like, kind of trying to figure out, like, where and what is going on, like, mm -hmm. in this show, which I think is kind of interesting, too. Cause it's a lot of stuff I didn't think of. Um, so they start calling them the Maulers and uh, at the same time, everybody back at the tower, uh, once they get back, they're starting to really try to figure out like, what's the zombies motivation? They don't call them zombies, but whatever. Um, Tommy, who is the gluten-free kid, he has found some like old people's camcorders and like rigged up a little video so they can like watch what's going on in the lobby. So like the place is becoming pretty cool. Everyone's contributing. Everyone has jobs. Tommy's aunt is a huge asshole. I hate her. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, so um, they're kind of just like getting into like the group of like survival, you know? Um, Lizzie ends up being in charge of their, were like, okay, well, like, why could they find us? Like, why could they smell us behind a door? Because what Michael has everyone doing right now is he gave everyone journals and every day they're supposed to write down like everything that they saw and experienced that's related to those things out there. That's really smart. So, and he also told them to do their first story and write what time and the location because he's got a map and he's mapping it out to see if he can figure out where the center is that's why he's the fucking leader that's why he's in fucking charge i was like like mind blown right i was like well why is he wanting them to do this stuff and then like all of a sudden it's like well here's a huge ass map that shows you where the epicenter is right and you're like oh shit Right, and so there's a lot of, like, weird occurrences where, like, they notice, like, when they shoot zombies in front of their doors, like, if the zombies come at them, because I think somebody dropped something off of a ledge, and then a bunch of zombies came, and their zombies were like, I can see you, you know, and then they shot all the zombies, and then the next day, the zombies were gone, like, the bodies, and, like, who did that? The zombies are dragging away the other zombies' bodies. Weird. They're like, why That's would they new. do that? So they start trying to figure out, like, what's their behavior, or what's their motivation, like, how do we end it <laughs> basically yeah. like at this point you can only survive for so long you know they know they're gonna run out of food they know they're gonna run out of ammo because every single time they start going out on supply runs they're not getting anything they're not finding anything everything is looted over especially because these maulers it, they're estimating that there's probably at least 20 to 30 of them at least mm -hmm. like and that's that's underestimating they have no idea um but every time every time they go anywhere like there's these zombies that are like heavily shot up and they're like these people were heavily armed you know like so they can tell that like basically the area that they're in they're kind of sol like they're not really sure what they're going to do although the garden has started yielding some crops which is good so i'm like okay at this point that means that they've got to have been there for at least a couple of months you know 
they're very unclear on the exact timeline. So you ever try to like grow a porch this. garden? Takes a while. Yeah, I was like, what did they grow? A pansy? Because that can maybe take six weeks, but like, come on. I'm working um, on cucumbers and it's been like a month and a half and I have flowers. Exactly. And I think maybe that's what they mean by starting to yield crops. Is it like they're starting to blossom and things to potentially come to fruition? But it's not going great. Um, they do do some experimenting where like Lizzie has everybody start exercising like vigorously and she starts collecting their sweat so they can figure out like how far the zombies will come from if like just a drop of sweat. Because you know how like a, oh. a shark can smell blood and like a mile yeah. of water or whatever 10 miles of water sure they wanted to see like they're like testing to see like okay is it smell like what is it like all these things so they start doing all these weird experiments which is really good and useful um their building is right next to another building that's close enough that they set up like a zip line to go from their buildings like top floor to like two floors down and the other building from like mm-hmm. the third floor to the lobby or whatever so yeah kind of get back um so they start doing that because i mean smart you don't want to do the zombie experimenting at your building because then they know where you are yeah that's dumb Right. Um, they do also end up tagging some zombies with like trackers. And I'm pretty sure they were just like low jacks that they pulled off of cars or something. Yeah. Yeah. They so they end up like chloroforming a bunch of zombies <laughs> and like duct taping these trackers to their legs because they're like, where are they going? Where are they taking these dead ones? I want to know like what's the path. So they like tag a bunch of live ones and other, then like note like which one's which, right? It's like Jeez. Just so much happens in this first season. I can't even, I haven't even gotten into the crazy shit. So I'm going to like hella broad strokes through the crazy shit. I was I don't say, my yeah, yeah. Or we're going to just have to hit like, listen to yourself. To listen to it. Yeah. But basically they start, um, like the water pump goes out, like shit kind of starts hitting the fan. The water pump goes out. The maulers start kind of coming for their like lost tanker and wanting to be amenable. And they find out that they have like a leader and like a lot more people than they thought. Oh. Um, Saul's uh Saul's girl that they have to go find is his dog. Aww. He like convinces Lizzie and Bert one day. Um they find out that some of them are smarter depending on their station in life. If I knew it was a dog, I would have gone from day one. He should have, have led too. he should, should have, have led, led with, with dog. Yeah, they like get to his apartment and they're like, oh no, it smells like shit. Those things smell like shit. That's not a good sign. He's like, no, that's actually a really good sign. And they're like, what? <laughs> and this dog comes running. <laughs> oh my god. She's a puggle. She's oh a my god! Lady. You have to get a puggle. Puggle can't survive a zombie. It's not like a German Shepherd. She, he's like she is super smart, and she is my best friend. <laughs> so I love him even more. Oh my gosh! Um, but like, it's really it's it's cool because like each of the soldiers ends up with like they each have a girl designated to them. I'm not gonna really tell you how it works out, but like, um. There is one really interesting scenario in which, like, so Dots to the maintenance guy goes to, like, help repair the water pump. And then in this, they, like, find another survivor who's like, oh, no, don't go that way because they saw a huge zombie. And they're like, what the fuck is that thing? And they'd never seen one like that. And this survivor that they find is, like, nuts. And they call him Skittles because that's what he eats. Because um, <laughs> that's what they had. Yeah. Skittles is like, oh no, all of my friends are dead. Don't go that way. And they're like, uh-oh. And so they go that way anyway because they want to figure out where the zombies are coming from, right? Because they're mm-hmm. trying to solve some mysteries. And, oh my God. I'm like trying to figure out how to broad strokes this. Basically, Datu gets kidnapped by zombies and they got to save him. And it is a whole thing. And it is the most 
amazing did not see that coming (laughs) like honestly this this whole like dachu getting kidnapped by zombies thing is like my favorite part of the entire series like i'm not gonna lie and that is like episode or well they call them chapters because each episode is only like 26 minutes well it's a chapter in a book well yeah exactly so each chapter is technically three episodes long and then each season is like 13 chapters so it's a lot okay so each chapter is about an hour and a little okay which seems i mean that's kind of like real life-ish right exactly exactly so um a lot happens and you meet some more survivors and you start to find out kind of like where did this originate from and what's going on because they like one time they're out and they come back to their building and the doors open like the front doors open oh, and like who, who did this i was like nobody did this this isn't good and there's a man standing in their hallway and he's in a, he's a tall man in a pinstripe suit and a hat like like they talk mm. about like it being like 20 gangster style and i was like that's suspicious as fuck yeah i don't, I don't like love that. that um and they were like oh no that's totally that guy paul paul lives in the apartment whatever and he does that all the time and i was like mm, i don't love that and lizzie was like did you get him did you get him and they were like what we're just talking to paul and she was like that's not paul that's paul and there was like a destroyed body on the floor oh terrifying and then the, the thing turns around and he's like completely covered in tattoos and his teeth are all messed up Ew. and he like is unhuman like so basically he is part of the reason like why this whole thing happened and so they kind of start getting into that in season two which i really like because this is basically the end of season one or yeah season one still so in season two they kind of get into that at the end of season one they have like this huge fight with the maulers like the maulers try to take over their tower because it's better defended than the strip mall and it's taller you know like it makes sense um and so that's kind of how season one ends is like they're in this big huge battle with the maulers and some of them live and some of them don't damn like this whole thing is nuts i'm gonna start listening to this tomorrow at work because oh crap it's such a good like it's basically it's basically a book like it was written to be an audio drama and at the end of every single episode he's just like on monday join us for we're alive audio theater for the mind i'm like yep that's correct it freaking is it's just a freaking audio book that like paints a movie in your brain hole it really is. So if you can get back past the fact that there is some pretty terrible voice acting and then some lines, I'm just like, what was that necessary? But it's because they want to make sure everyone's understanding what's happening. Okay. Before you, you know what I mean? Like, because it's audio, they don't describe as much because there's no one to describe stuff. Yeah, you don't have the narrator person being like, and she walked seven paces or whatever. They try to do that with like um, all of the survivors' journal entries. So at the beginning, it'll be like, it was this day and I was doing this thing and this was happening. So like that does happen. But like, once you get further into the story, like there's more, it's more just like dialogue between characters. And so they sometimes say some like stupid lines because they need you to make sure that under the, they need to make sure that the audience knows what's happening to move forward. That makes makes sense. And I've noticed that in even some of like my like audible originals that I've listened to that are like literally are full books written only for audible. I've noticed that too, where you're like, yeah, feel like i like i could have just picked that up on my own but i get why necessary but yeah exactly it made sense but uh yeah i love this like i said this is the third this is i'm on my third listen so how many um oil tankers that aren't yours out of five (laughs) i guess out of six because there were six of them i would give it six like honestly this is one of the podcasts i suggest to people who are like i don't like podcasts Hmm. well there you go take all six six oil tankers for sure (laughs) Is there an emoji for that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find one. We'll find something so. that's close enough. 
it's small we can't absolutely Absolutely. anyways uh hope you all enjoyed my book and rachel's cheat book which is let's be honest it's just a book for the brain that somebody is like telling into our ear holes and cerebellums and it's basically an audiobook it's just not written down yeah you just can't get it's an audible original not for audible (laughs) anyways um if you y'all want to come back what uh two weeks from now and we are doing christmas in july yes i love it it's like a great way to break up my weird books we listen to in the middle of summer. exactly and between this episode and that episode we are officially at our one year anniversary <gasps> i'm so proud of us i can't even i know i'll be taking my picture of my christmas in july book in the same spot that i took my last year christmas in july book picture i love that so it'll be super fun I love that uh as always you can check us out on instagram at isn't a pasture bedtime we're also on twitter at iipyb underscore pod you can check out the website that rachel made that i had no hand in doing because she's way better at that shit at isn't it pasture bedtime.com and rate review subscribe on the itunes let other people know about us if you like us that's super dope cool thanks Okay, bye. We'll talk to you all in a fortnight. Bye.